welcome to another edition of Mets Musings. Yes, spring training is here. We're back. Baseball games have started. In fact, the Mets are playing as I record this. Not doing so well. 8-2, they're losing to the Cardinals in the first game of the preseason. But it doesn't matter. We all know that. We've talked about this in the past and for years about how it doesn't matter. It's too early in this season to even worry about it. They're trying guys out. Guys are out there uh, uh, trying different things, trying different players. They're moving guys in and out. Yes, they played Alonzo and they played Lindor to start the game. But, you know, it's a business. That's the business side of it. First game broadcast back to New York. They want you to see some of the stars at least. So uh, I'm sure that's why they started and played a couple of innings, got a couple of turns at bat. And as we go on, we'll see the other regulars. Uh, you'll start to see them come into the action until finally it is the uh, uh, last couple of weeks of the season. That's when of the preseason. That's when you really start paying attention to see how the team is melding together and playing as a unit. But right now, it's just a mishmash of uh, throwing guys out there and uh, see what they can do in the pressure of a game now of course it wouldn't be spring training for the mets without bad news and that's the of course you've heard about the kodai singa he's a has a moderate right posterior capsule strain in the back of his right shoulder according to uh uh, David Stern, president of baseball operations, he will be shut down until the symptoms subside and his strength returns to that. Once that happens, he will ramp up and go through a normal spring training progression. However, he is expected to miss opening day. And, uh, you know, he may, may, may miss the first month or so of the season depending upon how he heals with this thing. So uh, right off the bat, the Mets are pushed against the wall. What does it mean for their rotation? Well, one of the things that the Mets did in the offseason was to try to build depth in the starting rotation. And... Um, we see why right off the right off the bat in spring training. First couple of days, we see why they made some of the deals they did. So the likely suspects to get the first shot at filling that slot will be, of course, Tyler McGill. He started today. Got into a little trouble in the first inning, got out of it, had a good second inning. Um, again, they're working on things, so don't don't pay any attention to his line score from today. But uh, he will probably be the guy to get the first shot, and, and deservedly so. I mean, he came up a couple of years ago, if you remember, when DeGrom was hurt. Uh, McGill came up, did a good job, did an admirable job until he himself got hurt uh struggled last year quite a bit 
but had a good closing to the end of at the end of the season. He looked much better and and pitched much better. So that was a good way to go into the offseason and a good way for the Mets to see him go into the offseason. So McGill will probably be the other guy. Uh, Lucchese, who came up, had four starts, I think it was, last year, pitched very well. Um and uh, he could he could be another guy that gets a shot. Uh, Jose Buto could be another guy. Um, we they have some young guys in camp, Vassal and and Hamill uh, and uh, Walker, and they they can all get shots at that uh, position. But I think um, if McGill can pitch the way he did two years ago, I think he'll be the obvious candidate because he's used to playing in New York and knows the league a little bit better than maybe some of the other guys. Lucchese uh, knows the league a little bit. Uh, so if he can continue to pitch like he did, uh, he may be a consideration. But, you know, the other guys will be at uh, Syracuse and uh, phone call away. And don't forget, in uh, the early part of May, maybe mid-May, maybe the end of May. We're not sure. Sometime in May or June, <clears throat> uh, we're going to get David Peterson back. So that'll be a big uh, a boost to this. And hopefully, if the guys can stay healthy up to then, that will just strengthen either the rotation or the bullpen or 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 the uh the depth chart at that point in time. So that will be another addition that we're looking to. So let's not take it all as bad. Of course you want uh Senga there. Is it as big as blow as Diaz was last year? I don't think so. And mainly because we knew with Diaz he was going to miss the season. Senga, it looks like he may not miss the season. Um, you know, and let's be cautiously optimistic. It is still early. Yes, I know the old saying, you don't win the pennant in uh, April, but you can lose it in April. This is true. But if you can put together a strong uh, uh, rotation, hang in there, and play better ball in the second half, you can make up the difference. So we shall see with that. But I'm not panicking about losing Senga at this point in time. I, I think they have the horses, being that they're not, putting guys in that have never been in the minor leagues, uh, major leagues. And I'm talking about a McGill. I'm talking about a Lucchese, both who have had some success in the major league. <laughs> so I, I am not worried at this particular point in time about losing Senga. So uh, neither should you. Let's not panic right away in the first week of the season. Now, the Mets did make some extra signings, but they're not 
pitches. <laughs> they signed Ben Gamble and G-Man Choi, uh, another first baseman, another outfield. And interestingly enough, with the first baseman, they're also signing Luke Voigt, who could be a uh, DH slash first baseman type. Same thing with G-Man Choi. Um, ben Gamble could just be a uh, veteran uh, depth, another depth chart guy for the outfield because that the outfield is there's some questions with Starling Marte, so uh, you know, and and uh, Stewart, whether Stewart can perform as well. I think Stewart worked on his defense. I think he's going to be pretty good if he if he continues to hit like he did last year. He could be a big surprise, but we'll see as the time goes on. Uh, Vientos will Mark Vientos, of course, will be the the uh, H candidate, and I hope they give him a decent shot. I'd like to see him put it in there and and let him do it every day. Um, Great interview with him today. He is 24 now. The guy's only 24. It sounds like we've been hearing his name forever, but he's been with the organization since he's like 18. So it's six years, but he's only 24. He's still a kid. He's still learning. He play, He worked out with Lindor over the winter a lot on his defense, so maybe his defense has gotten a little bit better. And I'm sure he learned a lot last year sitting on a bench, learning how to be ready. Uh, he finished pretty good last year at the plate. And uh, so we'll see how this will all, maybe it'll all come together this year for him. And he can be the DH and, and a little third first base, give Alonzo a rest. Who knows? We'll have to see. Uh, Batty, Brett Beatty has, or Batty has come in with a, uh, a new approach towards hitting, strong left, strong upper hand. And uh, he's been working on his defense, so we'll see how that all pays off. He started today's game, made a nice play in the field, uh, put the ball in play a couple of times in his his at-bats. But um, so we'll see how that all works out as well. Lots of things grinding away in this camp to look for as the preseason goes on. But it's it's all good. You know, it's it's right now. It shouldn't be considered uh, as anything bad. They have more depth. And we've talked about depth ad nauseum in the last couple of years, but this year they seem to have, um, I don't know if you going in the right track. We'll see. You never know until the injuries come and how the guys perform. We thought they were in good shape last year. Injuries came. Pitching staff was really uh, decimated last year. I mean, with Verlander not uh, uh, starting the season, and then Scherzer was missed time, and Verlander missed some time, and DeGrom had left, and uh, uh, Quintana had missed just the beginning of the season. So, they really started the season down two of their ace starters. 
Quintana and Verland, and then Scherzer missed some time. It was just a mess. And, uh, you know, this year I would have to say I believe that they are more prepared for that. And we'll see. And and one of the reasons was some of the guys that they called up that struggled last year got more time in the major leagues. That experience is very helpful, very helpful. So now they've got some idea of what they're doing here, what happens here in the big show, and, you know, how to deal with it all. So uh, it, it only can be uh, positive for the future. And they they realize they want to stay here, which is another big thing. So let's uh, uh, let's hope that uh, they uh, all somebody can come through and uh, really fill that slot of Senga because look, it's it's only going to be good um, if McGill comes in and pitches well and. Uh, Lucchese pitches well and Abudo pitches well. Maybe they go to a six-man rotation. Maybe the way to go with this staff, especially with Senga there now, with an injury and, uh, you know, the workload in Japan is a lot less. So perhaps they need to go to a six-man. If that's the case, you know, better to have these guys available. And if they're pitching well, and again, with Peterson coming back, it's a win-win as far as I'm concerned. They have to deliver. It's the same anywhere. The other big question, of course, is the bullpen. Now they've stocked with a lot of arms. I know they're mid-length, middle-of-the-road type of guys, but those are the guys that come through sometime. And... Bullpen are a finicky thing to figure out. I mean, bullpens can be great one year, same personnel, and next year they absolutely stink. Did the guys lose all their talent over the winter? No, it's just the, it's just, it's just the game. You know, you're you're hitting. Well, and then uh, you can't hit the side of a barn. You're pitching well, and then nothing's bre- everything's breaking to the outside, or you're just missing the plate. We've seen it so many times that uh, it's nothing new, but hopefully this will be a bullpen that gels, and if it's used better than it was last year, and that's not a knock on uh, Buck Showalter, he had no choice. I mean, he had starters that were getting knocked out in the second, third, fourth inning and had to go to the bullpen. And a lot of these guys just got overused and uh, got exposed later later as the season rolled along. So um, watch the games early on here. Don't be concerned. Uh, watch some of the young guys, Acuna, is playing today. Um, we saw him. I don't think Jet Williams got into the game yet, but keep an eye on him. He's another one. If if he gets into some of these TV games that you want to watch, he's going to be a good player, I believe. 
So uh, you want to see that Luke Voigt is up now. So he's getting a time at bat. Uh, so just sit back and watch some of these young guys and, and uh, see what kind of talent that they look like. They got Alex Ramirez was up and uh, before. And uh, just enjoy it. Just enjoy having the game back. And uh, try to picture yourself in the nice sunny weather when we're cold and snowy or whatever happens the rest of the winter up uh, here in the Northeast. All right, let's take a break and be back right after this. Baseball and BBQ, your place for interesting baseball talk, opinions, and history. Baseball and BBQ, your place for barbecue recipes, tips, and interviews from the world of barbecue. If you like baseball and if you like barbecue, then tune in to Baseball and BBQ. Find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and BaseballTalkRadio.com. Did you know that Baseball PhD can be heard on BaseballTalkRadio.com? Our shows rotate with other top baseball podcasts. Now, don't forget, that's BaseballTalkRadio.com. With us, we'll help you get a Ph.D. in life through baseball. With BaseballTalkRadio.com, you'll hear the rest of the excellent universe of baseball podcasts. And we are back. And I kind of like... didn't see a lot of strikeouts so far in this game for the Mets. If, if I've been in and out of the game, so I may have missed some. But uh, it looks, looks like at least they make a comp contact. And, uh, you know, uh, new hitting coach or new old hitting coach, however you want to say it. Uh, but uh, seem to be making more contact. I could be wrong. Like I said, I've been in and out of the game doing other things that I have to get done. But, uh, you know, put the bat on the ball. We've been saying that for years. Uh, Okay, other news. Steve Cohen says that he wants Pete Alonso back here. He wants him to be a Met, and if he wants it, he's the owner. I think they will get it done. I, You know, you have to wonder about the, some of the moves that David Stern made, uh, especially recently with uh, Luke Void and G-Man Choi, and it, it, their acquisition could be for, for two, uh, two reasons. The one reason is to try to uh, strengthen the DH position, <clears throat> more competition for Vientos, but, uh, uh, you know, um, that could be one reason. The other reason could be insurance if they lose Alonzo or if it doesn't look they can like they can sign Alonzo. Um, maybe you have these other guys waiting in the wings. Now, I think they're only signed for one year. So, uh, but that could be, uh, a transition if they decided to 
they didn't think they could sign Alonzo, that they could uh, trade him midseason and try to sign him next year back as a free agent. Don't forget, you can do that. So uh, sometimes that works out nicely because you uh, trade him and get some good prospects. Maybe a major league player thrown in there. That'll help the team now. And then you sign them back. So, I, you know, that's not guaranteed that you can do it, but uh, you never know. And uh, the thing is with the Mets, they've got the money. They've got the cash. Interestingly enough, though, if you look at the, uh, there are still some big names that have not been signed out there. A couple of big-name pitchers. Now, even with the loss of Senga, the Mets are not going to dip into the high end of the free agent market. They just don't want to spend that kind of money. And especially with the the, the possibility that they're going to have to send that kind of high-end money on Alonzo, you don't want to spend it on a pitcher at this particular point. Now, maybe... If it uh, the prices come down, like Blake Snell, Jordan Montgomery still out there, uh, Cody Bellinger still out there. Maybe uh, if their prices come down, maybe you take a look at them. I certainly would. It would not hurt at all. Uh, even a, a guy like Bellinger, if you signed a guy like Bellinger, he could play center field and uh first base so you could put him in center field if Marte struggles you could put Bader over and right you have Stewart and right platooning you have Marte um anywhere any numerous ways to go and uh but interestingly enough the four of the guys that remain unsigned top free agents are Scott Boris's uh, clients. So is there a thing uh, against Scott Boris that uh, the teams aren't rushing to sign his clients? So uh Alonso is a Scott Boris client. I guess that's my point. Are uh, teams going to hold out on him? Is he going to hold out? Is he going to want to hold out or is he going to take Maybe a little less money, but reasonably fair money, but less than he thinks he should get. I don't know. It's all it's all speculation at this point. But Steve Cohen said he has come out and said that he wants to keep Alonzo. So we have to take him at his word. Uh, and his word is pretty good especially with his wallet behind it. So, you know, he he's a Met fan. He wants to win. He wants to keep these guys. But you, but it is a business as well. And you have to consider, you don't want to... I don't think a guy like Alonso should get a 10-year contract. Maybe a six-year contract in a 240-220 range, something like that. Um even 180 maybe 
but uh, I wouldn't go past five or six years. I just wouldn't. Um, he's going to be 30. He'll be 35. Big guys are tough when they get, you know, they're more susceptible to poles and injury uh, than, than uh, a, a little guy. So, and his whole game is power. If he loses power, especially after hitting 212, that was a big thing last year. Him hitting 212, that really, ooh, that, that, that hurts because, uh, yes, the power was there, but what up the tail end of the contract, he loses power. He's not hitting, you know, he gets warning track power. Got a lot of money out there. So, um, but they do want to, uh, they do want to keep him and, uh, We'll see how that all shakes out as the season goes on. Okay, uh, February 27 to 28th, Daniel Murphy is going to be back in with the Mets. He is going to be in the booth as he is going to call two spring training games with Gary Cohen. Uh, maybe they're trying to... Uh, transition uh, Murphy into an announcing position and uh, he loves the game of baseball so uh, he may be uh, pretty good at it so let's see what happens there maybe they can or maybe a coach he, he'd be a fine coach I think but uh, he's going to call two spring training games February 27th and the 28th, which is this week, I think it's Tuesday, is the uh, first one. And that's at 1 p.m. Then uh, 28th, obviously, would be Wednesday. So uh, tune in to SNY if you can and uh, take a listen to Daniel Murphy as he makes his broadcasting debut. All right, that's going to wrap it up for this week's show. I think we covered everything. Current score is 10 to 4. Doesn't matter, folks. Uh, first game, and uh, but we're getting to see a number of players, which is good. Josh Walker did some pitching. Uh, Nate Lavender's in now. Um, Tyler McGill started the game. Uh Josh Walker had an inning or, or two. So, you know, they're, they're trying different things. Uh, Luis Angel Okuna is uh, at shortstop or second base, rather. He's in the game. And uh, so um, can't really uh, count on uh, the first game. Oh, by the way. Um, one thing else I wanted to mention is these ridiculous uniforms. Big speculation with these uniforms. Major League Baseball fanatics and Nike got together, changed the uniform, changed the material. Supposedly it wicks faster, the moisture, it's uh, lighter weight, uh, but... According to Gary Cohen, when you have lighter weight, you have to have smaller print. So the names look ridiculous on the back now. They shrunk the names. They shrunk the numbers. It looks awful. It looks terrible. It looks like a cheap uh, 
ripoff copy that you would, you know, get iron on letters or something and, and put them on the back of uniform. Does not look big league at all. And we didn't even get to the pants yet that are see-through. Um, you see the pictures online. You've heard the stories. Ridiculous uh, uh, what they've done there. They're going to have to change these uniforms. I mean, look, I'm an older guy. I'm on TV, and I'm struggling to see who's pitching because I can't see the, the name on the uniform because they've shrunk it so much. It, it looks stupid. And I have to wonder if one of the reasons that they did shrink these letters, I know what they're going to say because of the material, they can't blah, blah, blah. I don't get that part. I don't, I don't buy that. What I do buy on it is by shrinking that, you create more space, blank space on the uniforms and more room for advertisements. And that's, this is a way that a lot of this is going. They want to put ads all over these uniforms and uh, with smaller letters and numbers, you have more room. Put advertisement. Just my opinion. I don't know if that's what they're going for or what, but uh, they have to do something about it because it it looks ridiculous. I'm sorry, it it looks like a cheap rip off copy that you would get. And uh, I read one post where a guy got the some um, copy uniforms from. Uh, one of the Chinese companies, I guess it is. And he said, little did I know that my, my, uh, the uniforms that I got, the jerseys I got would be of better quality than the actual professional jerseys. And it's just terrible. Um, <clears throat> the Mets pants don't look bad. I don't know if they're wearing the new ones or the old ones. They might've been wearing last year's pants. Uh, but the jerseys with the small names and, and the numbers are smaller. It's just, it just doesn't work. If you're at the ballpark and you want to see who's playing, you know, part of the idea was to identify the players. So you know who it was. You can't do that now unless you've got exceptional eyesight. So uh, just another thing that I wanted to get into this show. Okay. That's going to wrap it up for this week. We will try to be more um, timely with the shows as the season progresses. We'll go back to the weekly format. I, I think we may keep it every other week now, but uh, that's why it becomes very important for you to subscribe on YouTube or on your regular podcast, uh, your audio podcast. So you'll always know when another edition of Mets Musings comes out. So until the next time we meet, keep the faith, stay optimistic, and let's go Mets. And I will see you next time on another edition of Mets Musings.